All right. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is January 11th, uh, 2024. Um, uh, today, we're going to be reading from the big book on page XXVIII. We're going to be reading four sentences, starting with men and women drink essentially for the effect through drinks they see others taking with impunity. Um, the, uh, today's readers are Matthew G. And T for the Steps, Tenzin P. for the Traditions, Harlan G., Judith S. P., and Anne Marie for the Text, and the newcomer greeters, Marge O., the host of the second hour of the NA. And uh, the announcements will be Janice P.M. Um, the share IDs for yesterday for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 21,030, and for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday is 21,031, 21031. Okay. Um, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members who are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Matthew G. to read the 12 steps. Matthew? Hi there. This is Matthew G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Paris, France. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. 
Next, we're going to have Tenzin P. read the 12 traditions. Tenzin, good morning. Star one, Tenzin. Okay, here I am. Thank you very much. Uh, Tenzin P. checking in to uh, read the 12 traditions, gratefully recovering. Okay, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for, a group, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders of our trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Well, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. I pass. Thanks, Tenzin. All right. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the, of the big book on page XXVIII, and uh, we're going to read four sentences, beginning with uh, men and women drink essentially for the effects through drinks they see others taking with impunity. I'm now going to ask Harlan G. to begin reading. Harlan? Star one, Harlan. Thanks, Craig. Sorry, I was having a little trouble getting <laughs> unmuted there. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, but this morning I am in Los Angeles, California at the OA birthday. 
Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. Okay, as I said, I'm Harlan G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, but I am in uh, Los Angeles, California this morning. This sentence is one of the paramounts, uh, this paragraph, excuse me, and I know we didn't read all of it, but it's one of the cornerstones of this, of this book and of the recovery. This paragraph answers the question of why. And I have sat and answered, or excuse me, asked myself the question, why do I eat like this? And hundreds and hundreds of others have asked me, Harlan, why on earth do you eat like this? And I gave them explanations of, well, I'm hungry and I love food and I'm just hungry and I'm this. Or No, no, no. Let's get down to brass tacks. I eat compulsively because I like the effect produced by pizza. I like the effect produced by almond joys, fried foods, flour, sugar, fat. That's why I eat compulsively. Because from the moment I was born, I was in a feeling of fear. I was in a feeling of anger and frustration at the world around me. And I watched people that I perceived as being happier than me. Whether they were happier than me or not is not the issue. My perception is they had the instruction manual and I did not. I was unhappy and they were not. It says that when we're not eating, we're restless, irritable, and discontented. Well, throw in for me, scared to death, angry as anything, frustrated with a feeling of ennui, of restlessness that you could cut with a chainsaw. And somebody put an Almond Joy in my hand. And the first bite of that Almond Joy made the world a beautiful place. Like the Wizard of Oz, after the black and white section where Dorothy wakes, when Dorothy wakes up in Oz and everything is in vivid living color, that is what my life looks like when I have Almond Joy in my mouth, when I have pizza or whatever in my mouth. The question is, why? The answer is because of the buildup of my human emotions over which I lack power. The buildup of those fears, those angers, happiness, accomplishment, uh, fear, whatever that may be, inadequacy, regret, remorse, guilt, shame, when I'm not eating is so overwhelming that the only thing I can do is eat. And food is not my problem. If I'm a compulsive overeater, food is not my problem. Food is the solution to the problem. Food makes everything okay. Food makes everything okay. Food is not my problem. Food is the solution to my problem. And what I'm doing here in Overeaters Anonymous is I am replacing what the food did for me, giving me that sense of ease and comfort, with what God can do for me, 
through the working of the steps, but God can do for me through the spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. I no longer want to eat the food. It's not that I have willpower now. It's not that I have found some sense or strength. It's that God is doing for me what the food did for me. And because of that, my brain no longer focuses on the food being a necessity for me to survive. I can survive beautifully without it. And for 25 years, the thought of it has not crossed my mind. And I will stay that way as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. Food is the solution for compulsive overeaters, not the problem. And with that, Craig, I will pass. Thank you so much. Okay, Harlan. Thank you for getting us started. All right. So now we're going to take a lineup of people that would like to share on these four sentences. Uh, and uh, so if you shared in the last two days on any vision meeting, we ask you to hold back and let other people have a chance. So who would like to share on this? Wanda. Wanda. Who else? This is Anne Marie. Anne Katie Marie G M. from Boston. Anne Marie M. Katie G Katie from G? Boston. Me from New Jersey. Who from New Jersey? Jeannie N. Jeannie N. Do I be from California? Joy B. Elise N. Elise N. Let me get one more. Got one more. All right. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started then. Wanda, take us away. Good morning, everybody. I feel like I just, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the hands of God here because uh, I'm so grateful. And uh, thank you so much, Harlan. Uh, I've known you since day one. It's, it's a pleasure uh, to walk this journey with you and enjoy the birthday party. And um, I am uh, grateful. Um, uh, compulsive overeater, but I'm recovered. I am recovered and uh, living uh, the dream and uh, enjoying uh, abstinence and enjoying God and enjoying people and enjoying my husband and, uh, um, you know, I, I know that... Uh, the change came slowly for me and that my life uh, became better and better all the time. And uh, at 71, I hope to go out abstinent. Uh, I remember Mary Moe and she died in my arms. She was my sponsor for many years. And, um, you know, she used to say, don't torture yourself, Wanda. And um, I know that food was my torture, you know, and that um, I know that I was unable to stop, but um, I've been 
abstinence since 1985, coming up on an anniversary. And, um, you know, that I don't want food. You know, I don't want the effect of it, which is what we read about today. Um, it was the effect of, of buffering me from the world. And now I can handle the world, my world, because I turn to God because I, I do the 11th step, I do the third step, and I ask for God's help, and um, it requires trust. And I just didn't have trust, and uh, I trusted in enough money to get enough stash to get enough high, and um, I don't want that anymore, you know. So um, I hope everybody has a great day. I hope everybody has an abstinent day. And uh, Rosie, I'm still praying for you. I talked to her Monday, you know. I heard her. I mean, I didn't talk to her. But um, I love you all, and uh, I hope... Thank you so much, and uh, thank you, Craig. Okay. Uh, thanks, Wanda. Next up, we have uh, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie M., I think. Good morning, Craig. Thank you so much. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in this book, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I was so relieved when um, I read this paragraph or when I read it with others, um, that I I didn't realize the effect. I didn't realize it was an effect I was seeking from food because I was in therapy for years, years and years, because I wanted to know why I kept on compulsively overeating. And the therapist would say, not even, you know, she wasn't referring to this paragraph, but she would say, you're getting something out of compulsively eating. And I said, that is impossible. I said, I hate that I compulsively overeat. I hate what I'm doing to myself. I'm sabotaging myself. I'm not getting anything out of it. And when I read this, that other people were getting something out of, they were getting something out of the drink, um, they were getting an effect. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And the effect that I got was comfort and it was emotional comfort from a little girl i remember being about eight years old and eating those cookies and not not realizing what they tasted like but how it made me feel it made me feel comfort and ease and so i just am so grateful for this this book i'm grateful for the doctor's opinion i'm grateful for all the things that it points out and the um the restless irritable and being discontent oh before i before i would take that bite i i i remember being at work and just not i like it was i was like itching this under my skin like i couldn't wait to get out of work so i could drive to the so i could get my fix and um you know the ease <laughs> the the comfort that I got was so minimal. I mean, it, it lasted, just, I mean, just as that first 
swallow was going down. And then it was oh, like a strangulation where I had to get more and more. And I, you know, it would continue in that vicious cycle. This explains me perfectly. And I too, um, you know, I had that illusion that it was the solution. It wasn't the solution. I see now where I really believed that um, if I compulsively ate, that, you know, I would feel good. And it was just such an illusion that the food was, um, that the food was the answer. Um, you know, uh, I, I really, I don't know, I just, you know, this paragraph explains it. You know, I would succumb um, to the desire again and again. And I just recently listened to a podcast talking about the lies that I would tell myself and I would believe them over and over again. How many times I would say, okay, I'm just going to binge this one time. I'm going to get it over with. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to restart again. And I don't need to, you know, and I would believe that. I don't know how many times. So it was the same lie over and over again. So I'm really grateful, grateful for this paragraph, grateful that, that I'm not the only one that that uh, was was getting an effect. I don't get that effect anymore. I am so grateful, so grateful. I don't think about food. I don't, I don't desire it. Um, and um, thank you so much. I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Next up, we have Katie G, and then it will be Jan, uh, Jeannie Ann, and then Joy B. Katie G. Hey, friend. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Woohoo! What a paragraph. So when I don't go in, I go without. So what am I trying to say? So since I was a little girl, I felt like I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time. And I thought that the solution was going outside. You know, I wanted to be thin. I wanted to have big boobs. I wanted to have a boyfriend, a husband, children. I want, but the problem is when I go outside of myself, there's always my need for more. Like I hit bottom. And as y'all know, like I was in the rooms of OA and um, I just got disconnected from God. And I literally believed that if I got to a certain number on the scale, that I would be okay. And I love this line that um, my alcoholic life seems the only normal one. I thought it was normal to get on the scale four, five, six, seven, like a hundred times a day, right? I thought it was normal to exercise two hours a day so that I could be in a thin body. I thought that these things were normal. And the problem with addiction is that for me, like I at one time have had many life goals. But what I do when I'm in addiction is I adjust my life goals to meet my addiction to the point where my life became all about exercise. When was I going to do it? I couldn't go to doctor's appointments. I couldn't, you know, make time for anybody or anything. If anybody got in the way, I wouldn't be okay because I was relying on self and I was relying on me. And the problem again is I can't, I can't stuff enough outside stuff inside me to be okay. And I am a miracle. We all are. Like, I can't believe that God has entered into my 
mind and heart in a way that is indeed miraculous because I thought this was going to go on forever. I thought that I, you know, that I just didn't have a choice and didn't. But thanks be to God, like today, my normal life is filled with love and people and gratitude and service and my family and God. And, um, you know, I think it's important, like it says, I cannot differentiate the truth from the false. You know, and guys, as a recovered person today, I still can't differentiate the truth from the false. I wake up a a mess in the morning, and I just have to hit my knees and go to the thank you gods and be of service for others. Because if I don't, I will not have a daily reprieve, and using will be a step up from my thinking. And with that, I pass. Okay. Thank you very much, Katie. Next up, we have Jeannie N., followed by Joy B., Uh, Jeannie, in. Good morning, everybody. This is Jeannie Ann, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader. Um, you know, I like the effects of, of binging and um, when I was into the food, uh, the, the, the effects that were produced, you know, but I didn't make the connection. Yeah, I knew I felt better, but... Uh, for years, even in the program, I, I didn't. I just didn't realize, you know, it was all the emotions and and everything that 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 I, I was eating because of uh, that buildup. And you know, for today, I know the cycle, and I mention it when I make my many phone calls, especially to people that um, that are still suffering, and to keep my memory green. Um, you know that that mental twist, that obsession that comes first. And, and and the thought um, was part of it. That is the mental session. Um, well, then we eat, and then the allergies triggered, and then um, then the phenomenon of craving, and then we continue to eat, and it goes on. It just used to go on and on and on. Um, I remember one time it took me two years to get back my abstinence. Two years. This was years and years ago when I was in uh, OA. Um, and you know, not even mentioning the remorse that goes along with all that that cycle, um, and the deals, the deals I made with God, you know. And and now today, as soon as I open my eyes in the morning, I thank God for another day, another day of life, and another day to be of service. Thank you so much, everybody, for sharing. With that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you, uh, Jeannie. Next up, we have Joy B., followed by Elise Ann, and then we'll take some more names. Joy B. I am, uh, I'm Joy B. from San Francisco, and mm-hmm. thank you so much, Craig, and everybody who serves this meeting. It's an incredible place to go to find out that you're not totally nuts. I right now feel like a falling rock. Every single day, I make the same. I definitely, it's a fail compulsive reader is an understatement. I make the same commitment to myself. I'm intelligent, two doctorate, religion, everything you can think of. And do I keep that commitment? No, I don't. And I wonder why. I wondered why. And yes, I have to be getting something out of it. Because when I stand up on my broken knees with my broken hip and all the pain, I say to myself, if you eat it, Joy, you lift it. Does that stop me? It does not. And so I am so grateful for this program because I get up at four o'clock in the morning to listen and to hear my fellow people talk about what it does for them so I don't feel 
so isolated. I feel like, what a nut. How could you possibly continue compulsively overeating when it has such a profound effect on your life? And how could you continue to eat when the negative effect so far outweighs the positive effect? If you do get something out of it, what in the heck could you get? I'm so grateful for this meeting and all of you who helped sponsor it and for this family of people who help me going and keep me going every day. Thank you. I pass. All right. Thank you. Uh, next up, we have Elise N., and then we're going to take some more names. Elise? Hi, this is Elise N. Good morning, and thank you for your service. And um, I never used to think that I got an effect from the food. I I knew I liked the food, and I knew, um, I think, from age five that, you know, in my earliest memories of eating, that once I started, I couldn't stop. I really believe I was um, born with this addiction, and it took a lot away from me in my life. It was, you know, I was busy eating. I wasn't, I wasn't studying. I wasn't, you know, I, my hygiene wasn't good. I wasn't taking care of myself and I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, you know, and um, it was, you know, it was very uh, painful and I didn't know how to stop it. And I didn't um, get into OA till I was 21. But even then um, I've been in OA and OA plus, I've been in Howe, I was in Gracie for a very brief time. It was in 90 day. And what I found was that um, those programs may work for a lot of people, but um, the main focus was on a food plan and the tools of the program, um, which aren't really tools, they're just, you know, really suggestions. Um, And none of them, in none of them, did I meet anybody that was working the steps. So here I am, you know, in program for 30 years, and I'm finally finding, you know, I finally got into a vision for you after many years and first it was the coffee shop but um and finally finally um was able to after many years of you know relapse in in program able to finally become recovered and you know on it and i'm now just now being able to sponsor which i'm very grateful for and um i don't have the cravings for the food because I'm not putting those foods into my body. And I recognize when I have a feeling, like if I was, my friend that was staying with me went out on a date and I was feeling lonely. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, you know, I'm I'm hungry. And then I said, wait a minute, you know, you're not hungry. I know I don't have an off button. So, you know, but I wasn't hungry because I knew I ate, I ate my dinner. And I called my sponsor and I said, I'm lonely. And we talked about my feelings, maybe of envy or whatever. And all of a sudden, wasn't hungry anymore. You know, so I I, I sponsor someone that, you know, like people, and a lot of people I find, you know, it's, it's hard, aren't in touch with their feelings until they become abstinent. Because anytime there's a feeling, they just stuff it down. They don't even real. They may not even realize why they're doing it. Um, but um, I just want to say that um, for anyone out there that's eating or in relapse, my name is Elise N. I'm on the member list. You can call me. 
um, any time between 9 and 9 and text any other time and I'll call you back. Um, and I'm very, you know, grateful to this program. It saved my life. I was five foot one, almost 300 pounds. And, you know, I'm, I've lost 60 pounds so far. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a great blessing. And it's thanks to everybody here and the people that started this meeting. Thank you very much. And everyone should be blessed. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Thank you, Elise. Okay. Now I'm ready to take another list of names. Uh, Lisa sharing, uh, I'm sorry, who? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Craig. I was going to remind everybody we're sharing on page XXVII, four sentences, starting with men and women drink essentially for the effect through drinks they see others taking with impunity. Okay. Go ahead now. Lisa Julie S. in New York. Tim, you from northern Michigan? Lynn S.? Uh, um, hold on. Who, who who was in Michigan? Kim T. Kim T. All right. I have Lisa, Julie, Kim, Lynn, and Darian. Did I miss anybody yet? Anybody else? Audrey Ann in Ireland. Audrey. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good list of six. Let's go ahead and go with that. Lisa, you're you're up. Tell us where you're from. And okay, thank you, Craig, for your service this morning. I'm sorry yeah. to have interrupted you earlier. Um, no Lisa N from Wisconsin, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today by God's grace and mercy. And um, of course, it's so inspiring to hear that opening, and so grateful for it. Um, I I could so think back to myself as a little child being given sweets by my oldest siblings and thinking that this was great. But I also can remember feeling very much like, okay, give it to me and now leave me alone with it. <laughs> so it was like somehow I thought that food was all I needed. I didn't need people. I didn't need, well, I didn't know that I needed God even then. But I, I just needed that, and that was going to give me the security, the ease, the comfort, as we talked about. And that's how I grew up thinking. And it was like a really immature um, thought and a dependence on something that was just a thing and not realizing that life could be so much more. And then I learned that spending and there's so many other things that I could be addicted to that I just don't need anybody. Just give me this and I'll be okay. And that wasn't the truth at all. And so I have to learn between what the spirit had for me, what my higher power had for me, which was so much better, what my little immature soul had in mind, um, you know, just keeping me away from God, essentially. So what this program has taught me, and the big book in particular, is that there is so much more, and it can be helping people, can be, you know, changing, helping God change lives by just being willing to be of service. And it's a real pleasure and an honor to be in this program. And I, I love listening to you so much. 
a good day and thank you. All right, thank you so much for your share. Next, we have uh, uh, Julie. Uh, tell us your last initial and where you're from, Julie. Star one to unmute Julie once. Uh, hi, good morning. I'm Julie S. in New York. Can I be heard? Yes, go ahead. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Craig, for your service. Thank you, Harlan, mm-hmm. always for your service. Uh, I'm Julie, a compulsive overeater, recovered one day at a time. Uh, thanks to God's grace and mercy, and thanks to this program um, of recovery. What I just want to key in on is this line, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. What I am so grateful to this program for is that it is incredibly honest and it presents a mirror to me to get honest even before I get sober. Uh, I wanted the effect. It tells me right here that I want the effect and the sensation, sensation was so elusive that after a while, I can't differentiate true from false. I couldn't differentiate when I was full, when I was satisfied. I actually don't feel that I even knew satiety from food for 30, 40 years until I got into this program. Um, And I am so grateful to know that there is a solution that for me, who thought the compulsive eating life was the only one that was normal, that actually that's not the only one, and that there is another life. I'm in it now, and I'm doing it now, even when I don't want to. So it's not into thinking, into ease, or into comfort. It's into action, and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me share, and it's my first time sharing on the 7 a.m. meeting. So Everybody have a great day. All right. Thank you, Julie. Um, Next up, we have Kim T., I think from Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Kim? Good morning. This is Kim T. from northern Michigan. Um, I wish I could say I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I have been trying. Um, I was in recovery, and I can't even tell you if it was two or three years ago, it's like a blur. I've been involved in a lot of trying, like managing, still trying to run the show. Um, And I keep hearing the word trying versus willing, and it's cost me a lot. Um, I once heard the analogy of being like an air traffic controller with so many planes in the air, and I feel like that right now it's it's exhausting. My, um, I don't know if I've ever really been completely honest, um, and I'm um, just it's cost me so much of my life. I have a lot of knowledge and notebooks and notebooks on the big book, and I'm still trying but I'm on my knees and I I just want to be in alignment with God again to be completely willing Um, it's that alignment that I miss 
that little glimpse that I had for a while and to stop managing and to stop putting myself and my feeling first. I got into where I thought I had to feel like doing things versus just taking the action. So I'm here today and I'm so grateful that it hasn't really changed in the years. Um, Thank you. Thank you for letting me speak and I'm just I don't even know what to say anymore, but thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Kim, for your honesty, and uh, uh, keep coming back. Next up, we have Lynn S., followed by Darian K. and Audrey N. Lynn? Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Vision. My name is Lynn S., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And this paragraph always brings to mind this dog cartoon that was featured on Quick Draw McGraw, and they used to um, throw a dog treat in the air, and the dog would jump up to get it, and he would just sigh, ah, as he floated down. And that's exactly what the food did for me every single time because I couldn't stand it anymore. I don't even, it didn't even matter what the it was. The pain of living life from the time I was three or four up until I was 36 was so excruciating. I couldn't stand it. And that first bite, it was the only place the only thing that provided any relief at all. For that brief moment, it didn't matter that I was the fattest kid in the school. It didn't matter that I had no friends. It didn't matter that I didn't fit in anywhere, in my family, in any clothes, in a seat, on a plane, it didn't matter. It didn't matter, like I couldn't understand anything about the real world. I just didn't get it. But what I got was that feeling of pain and anger and fear and it was just unbearable. And then there was that bite. And then I floated and nothing mattered anymore. Nothing mattered. And it's, you know, it's, it's the most amazing thing because I do remember a time where the food stopped working. And I remember I was in the grocery store and I had opened the freezer compartment and my hands were on some frozen package of something. I don't even remember what it was at the moment. But I remember it was burning my fingers from the cold and I just looked and I said, oh my gosh, this isn't going to do it anymore. And what a feeling, what a feeling. I am so grateful that this is a distant memory now. You know, I, I'm, I'm just sitting there. I remember the dog very well and I know the feeling, but that feeling of intense pain and everything is now a distant memory. 
being replaced by a joy and a freedom that only God could give me because the food didn't give me that. It gave me oblivion. But being connected to God through the process of working the steps has given me a life and I can live it now. And I'm not restless, irritable, and discontent. It's it's the most amazing gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, Lynn. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Darian Kay, followed by Audrey N. And then I think we'll have time for a few more shares. Uh, Darian? Hey, good morning, Craig. Uh, Darian Kay from the Berkshires of Massachusetts. <clears throat> Getting over a cold. Um, oh, so good to hear everybody. And um, I can so relate. <laughs> I love the quick drama chorale. I remember that. Um, <clears throat> and I, um, yeah, I could just relate to the, um, those effects that I got. And it wasn't even like eating just yet. It was the effects of like going and getting the food and then driving with it home, smelling it in the car and then, you know, dishing it out. And just, just like the high, just like a drug addict. Absolutely. Same feeling. That euphoria, the dopamine or adrenaline or whatever is flowing just gets going and you're, and I'm just ready to dig in. Um, you know, and like people say, it's just that first bite that really does it, and then the rest of it is like, I just have to eat the rest. Then I feel stuffed, and I feel fat, and I feel ugly. And then the next day, and I fall asleep. And then the next day, I want more. And so, you know, I don't know the truth from the fall. Definitely not. Um, yeah, it's just um, so insidious. And, um, you know, I'm so glad I have and my higher power to carry me through each day just for this one single day. You know, I don't, I really can't think about tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't, we don't even know if we have, we'll have tomorrow. I just have to stay in this moment today. You know, and I was, um, <clears throat> I was home yesterday sick and, you know, thank you God. It didn't occur to me to eat. I was by myself too. My, my boyfriend had gone out for the day. And I was by myself. And that always blows my mind, even after all these years, because I could eat whatever I want. Nobody would be looking, right? And so nobody's, you know, nobody's around. Do whatever I want. Get away with it, whatever I want, right? That's not knowing the truth or the false right there. But I didn't. Everything was weighted and measured. My food was even already packed, from, you know, because I thought I'd be bringing my lunch to school. So... It was, it's such a joy, such a joy to not um, have that food, um, you know, do things for me or to me or whatever. I just, there, it's fuel for my body. It's, you know, three times a day for me, and it's nothing in between except living and doing what I need to do for my program and for my family. Um, you know, and so thank you so much for being there, everybody, and um, I pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Darian. Next up, we have uh, Audrey N., and then we're going to take a couple of more names, so get ready. Audrey? Thanks, Craig. Thanks for your service, and yes, I'm Audrey N. from Ireland, and so grateful to be able to get this meeting this morning, and thanks, Harlan, for sharing on this passage and um, to everybody that's listening in at the Bertie 
Yeah, you know, I love how it says restless, irritable and discontented, you know, and it's it's a very polite way to say how I was when I was in the field. I always thought it was just, yeah, step away from the table, leave the room, you know, why can't you eat like other people, you know, that I just had no power at all. Um, But, you know, over this, just recently over Christmas, you know, there's been a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges at home. And there was times where, you know, I was emotionally challenged and there was, there was nothing, there was no amount of foods that was going to change that, you know, and I could see other people taking it and leaving it, you know, and that's not me, you know, and hindsight is great, you know, when I've been shown that I have this disease, you know, and I have a solution. And thank God there is a solution because I can show up every day and be a parent to my children. I can be a co-worker, I can be a daughter, a sibling. Um, because I'm not present when I'm in that field. I am numbed out and I can do nothing, nothing for anybody else, never mind myself. And yeah, I just, it, this passage just reminds me of, you know, it just reminds me of that, you know, I could sit with people and I could see their mouths moving and I couldn't take in what they were saying because I was watching them all the time. Why are they leaving that? Why can't they, why can't, why aren't they finishing it? Why are they not going to the drive through on the way home? You know, and it's because I have a disease, you know, and thank God just for today, um, I don't have to use food no longer to give me that ease and comfort. I have a program, you know, and so grateful for this meeting. You know, every day you're all with me in work and just grateful that I can step out and share today and, you know, just wishing everybody an abstinent day. And, you know, my, my voice is shaking. I'm nervous, you know, and to do this. So if you're the same, just press star star one and just you know share the message so craig thank you for your service on this ipad okay thank you very much um next up we're going to take a couple more names so i think we have time for maybe two if we hurry who would like to share i i I didn't i think i got penny from oklahoma but nobody else and Gabrielle in Georgia. Well, I got a Penny and Anita L. And I think I'm going to have to stop with those two uh, 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 for time. So, Penny, uh, good morning. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. Hi, Thank you, Craig. I think, you got, I think it was Penny C and not Penny P from Oklahoma. Am I correct? No, it's Penny P. Yeah, I got Penny P from Oklahoma. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you, Craig. Thank you, everybody. I'm Penny P, a recovered compulsive overeater from Oklahoma, and I really enjoyed this meeting and talking about the effects of food and what it had on me. And once I took the first bite of the food that set me up to to binge, then the abstinence was over and it was very difficult to get it back until I worked the steps in the big book with my sponsor. I came here from another program I was in. I left that program of 14 years, came here the same day I left that program. And I've been really satisfied with this program and um very grateful to work it and do more each day to help the other compulsive overeater. 
thank you for being here. That's all. Okay. Thanks, Penny. We, uh, good enough. Thank you. Next, we have uh, Anita L. Anita? Yes. Good morning, everybody. Thanks, Craig, for your service. Um, this is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, living in the solution in recovery today. Um, this is my favorite paragraph in the whole book, uh, and that's why I wanted to share on it. And um, it it brought back a memory of about mm, 15, 20 years ago when I was seeing a therapist at the time, and she said to me, do you get an effect from the food? And I stopped and thought, and I said, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And she just looked at me, and I could tell I gave the wrong answer. And so I paused for a second and I said, well, maybe I do, you know, wanting to always be right and do the right thing. So, but I didn't know what that effect was. And let me tell you guys, I was in the program for decades at that point. And that just goes to show how much denial I was in. And when it was shared about, you know, the dog uh, from Quick Draw McGraw, that brought back exactly how I felt. Exactly. That's what the food gave me that. And I wanted to be relieved. I didn't know. I just needed to be relieved from whatever emotional situation was happening at the time, whether good or bad. It could have been wonderful, too. <clears throat> and another thing I didn't realize, um, I was working with a sponsor, and she said, call people and ask them what they think about this paragraph or that sentence or whatever. So I, I said, what does it mean to you to differentiate the true from the false? I was in denial about that, too. I didn't understand it. And I'm so grateful for this meeting Um I'm, first of all, grateful for Overeaters Anonymous, which saved my life. And this meeting in particular has, it's such a strong, healthy meeting. It has opened up my eyes, helped me to see that I have an addiction, a disease, and that the spiritual solution, my higher power, whom I love with all my heart, and my higher power loves me so unconditionally, All my letters from God every morning, uh, God writes beautiful things to me. And a lot of the time this morning wrote, your unconditionally loving higher power, God. And I'm so grateful to know that because I get my value from my power and not from the food today. It's not the answer. Only my higher power is. And with that, I pass. Have a great day. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, it's that witching hour, so um, we're going to close it now. Um, Thanks to everybody who shared. Uh, I think I should have, uh, I don't yet have the uh, share ID for today's meeting, but I'll have it here in a moment. Um, We're going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. We'll... uh, G 
Judith S.P. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Judith? Calling Judith SP. Am I being heard? Yes, Craig, yes. you are being heard. Yes. Sorry, Craig. This is Judith. I apologize. Mm. Okay. Right. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose, disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until...